The Pathology Research Congress, called PATHRIAD, is hosted by the National Health Laboratory Services and is one of the largest gatherings of pathology experts in South Africa. It's a key platform for researchers to share knowledge and showcase innovative research. PATHRIAD 2023 was held in Johannesburg, South Africa, over the first weekend in September. Ruan and I were at the Congress and managed to get some snippets and summaries from speakers and delegates who attended. The content in this episode is varied and covers microbiology, virology, public health, and molecular diagnostics. We'd like to send a huge shout out and thanks to all who agreed to be interviewed. Since these were live interviews conducted at the Congress, you'll notice that the recordings are not as quiet as you're used to. This is part two of the two-part series on highlights from the Pathread Congress. Before we head into the clips, remember to sign up on the MicroMail website for updates, follow us on social media, and remember to share with colleagues, students, laboratory staff, or anyone who might be interested in listening to some contagious mail. And oh, don't forget that five-star rating on your favorite podcast player. Hi, so we're here at Pathway Congress and it is officially day two and I'm here with Michelle Lowe. Hi, Michelle. Good evening, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Also well, thank you. Excited for the conference <laughs> and it's very um, informational and getting yeah. a lot of information from our session. Have you been enjoying it? Yes. Awesome. Michelle, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, so I'm a senior medical scientist at the NHLS at Infection Control Services as well as a lecturer at the University of Witwatersrand. And uh, which session did you just come out of? So I came out of the medical microbiology track of the session and um, my talk were on the role of metagenomics in one health surveillance for AMR, feed animals and human AMR transmission. Very, very topical, very topical. Can you give us a quick summary of your talk? Yes, as we all know, antimicrobial resistance is a global sum, um, crisis. And just to summarize um, the main findings of my um, research is um, we found Escherichia to be highly abundant in the breeding stage, and that could be to um, piglet um, diarrhea. Mm -hmm. As well, we found Klebsiella to be highly abundant in the growing stage of our farm workers. So, as we all know, um, Klebsiella is abundant in the environment, so it can be just environmental contamination. So, we still have to investigate the pathogenicity of Klebsiella that we found in our farm workers. Okay. And also, um, there has our system was linked to antibiotic usage on the farm. Oh. So earlier last year, we've published a paper, and we found that tetracycline was um, highly abundant in use, and we can see it translating in our resistor because we found a lot of tetracycline-resistant genes. And you found these tetracycline-resistant genes in in human isolates, or in our um feces yeah. as well as in our human rectal oh, really? yes so it was the most dominant in both sides so that's actually very worrying and we need to further investigate and implement control measures yeah. to prevent the um, cross-contamination and the transmission of the genes between um, farm and fork absolutely did you find any challenges during your study Yes, of course, because metagenomics is a new field and also we come across with software challenges because we used the paid version at the CLC genomics workbench and now we found if we would go back and our license has expired, it's difficult to reanalyze your results because mm -hmm. you can't use the software anymore. Yeah. And also we did use a combination of a paid version as well as the command line. So maybe a recommendation is to do all the analysis on the free command line based um, 
platforms. Okay, that's quite a good suggestion. And also um, our computational, uh, computational um, limitations right. because our normal university computers do not have enough RAM or memory to do the analysis. So instead of batch okay. analysis in one day, we had to do analysis or the samples one by one that take us to, or that took us two weeks okay. to get the answers, yes. And this is something you could have finished in the day? Yes, if we had more computable or computer resources. Okay, okay. that's really good to know. Any kind of last words for the listeners about your project or about AMR and One Health as a whole? Yes, so I think metagenomics, we mustn't be scared. We must still um, publish our results, good and bad, and because we know metagenomics represents next frontier in pathology, yeah. and that's also the title of this conference. Um, so mm. it's a cutting-edge technology, so it offers a holistic perspective by examining the entire microbial community. So I think if you can translate it into the medical field, mm -hmm. so instead of sending an sample to three or four different um, laboratories, we can do it at once and we can get a diagnosis, which will help our patients at the end of the day yeah no that's excellent and just to remind the listeners we actually have an episode in microbe mail on one health and amr and that was with yogendri ramsami so if you're interested in the one health concept go back and listen to that episode as well thanks for joining me michelle and enjoy the rest of the congress thank you ben Hi, so I'm here with Nasihle Msomi, um, who just uh, gave a talk in the last session. Um, Nasihle, can you give me a little bit of a brief bio on, on yourself? Um, hi everyone, so I am Nosihe, I'm pretty much a master's student, although I'm kind of finished now. Definitely done. <laughs> Consider, considering the, the talk she she just gave, she she made it, She has to be done because it was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yes, I'm pretty much focused uh, not so much in the wet lab anymore, but more in the bioinformatics. I like just to analyze the data, try and figure things out that have to do with like diseases. Um, so that's a little bit about who I am. I don't know if that's yeah, no, that's, that's what we're looking for. Um, so, so what uh, what session did you present in, and what was the title of your talk? Okay, so I was uh, presenting in the metagenomic session, um, and um, I was presenting on how you can actually use uh, metagenomic sequencing to diagnose pathogens from a cerebral spinal fluid. Um, using um, the Oxford nanopore sequencing technologies. Fantastic! I, that's uh, yeah, I'm I'm jealous. Like <laughs> Illumina's old news. Um, no, it's not though, because I feel like at least with Illumina, there's like built pipelines and there's more help and like documents and stuff. With nanopore, you're still figuring it out by yourself. So. Oh, but that's the best part because you, you you'll see like in in five years time, it'll be like the Nsomi pipeline. You know, this is like the stand <laughs> the standard nanopore metagenomics pipeline. But yeah, so can you give me just a like a brief take-home points on your talk? Yes. Um, okay, take-home points. Uh, there's various things that you need to consider if you're trying to apply metagenomic sequencing, especially if you're going to be using the nanopore platforms. Um, I think definitely think about um, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to just do shotgun metagenomic sequencing? Do you want to get um, all pathogens? And so in that case, you need to uh, find methods that you can um, extract both your DNA and your RNA. You need to consider whether or not you're going to perform some sort of host depletion and the implications of using that host depletion steps. Um, also, like the different types of uh, library preparation kits that you'd like to use just to optimize those methods. So before even starting, try and look at what analysis you want to perform because that's going to determine what you need to do in the wet lab. Yes, no, definitely. And uh, were there any interesting questions from the audience after your talk? Um, it was mostly just about um, 
whether or not you should use like automated extraction methods versus um, using manual extractions. In my case, I found that we always see, um, found better results if we're doing manual extractions compared to like the automated extractions, but this is mostly for like the clinical samples directly. Um, but play around and see what works for you first before making your final decision. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. So I'm joined today by Caroline Maluleke. Caroline, will you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, hi, Vin. Uh, thanks for having me. Hi, listeners. My name is Caroline Maluleke. I'm a senior pathologist at uh, the NICD and uh, the Department of CHAM. Lovely. Caroline, do you want to tell me which uh, session you attended here at Pathred? Um, yesterday I had a highly fruitful sessions. I I attended the public health sessions, okay. strange enough, as a microbiologist. But I just decided, you know, I was interested in the topic. Right. And the topic was about um, reviewing articles. Okay. Yes. Oh, so very, very article, article reviews. Okay. And, you know, we learned a lot there where we... I think the good thing about the session was it was highly interactive. Wonderful. You know, they would be given uh, questions and, you know, timed and prefer, I mean, before that, they actually send us an article that was okay. meant to be reviewed. Okay. And after that session, the theory session that we were given, okay. then we were made to go through the session, the, the, the article. And I think, you know, um, obviously, if you are a reviewer, it actually even assists you to be a, 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 a good writer because right. then you know what the reviewers are, are looking for. Right. So, I mean, as an upcoming researcher, I, I thought it was very, very helpful for me, you know, for both sides. Mm -hmm. If I'm, I'm going to write, then I know what the reviewers are looking for. And I want to guard against that, you yeah. know, to have... Uh, that those silly reviews where they take forever, um, you know, for, for, for one to clarify. Um, yeah, and, and as a reviewer, it's also a useful task. And, it, you know, they had a template where you can then have tick boxes and thereafter you will be able to comment as to how the, the article was, was, you know, how it looked. So it was, it was very helpful. I enjoyed it. And I think, can I see another session? Grant writing? Okay, before you go to the grant writing, though, <laughs> you've got to share with our listeners some of the tips that you learned in the reviewing session. Oh, so okay. Can, you, can yes. you list a couple yes. of things that you learned? Yes. Okay. Um, from that session, I think there's this method that they said they are using. I am D. So was it IMDR or AR? Okay. Where it's introduction, methodology, um, or results, um, discussion, and conclusion. So that's just what they said. It's the standard. That's okay. how a standard article should look like, right. no matter where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think the, you know, the use of figures and tables mm -hmm. to just illustrate your 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 results mm -hmm. it's highly helpful because then it even saves your your weight limits you right. know so that's that's what was stressed to say you know and those uh, figures and tables should be able to even um talk towards the results right. you know so those are the things that we're looking at yeah. that do when i look at this table 
am I able to know what is this all about? Right. So they, there was just a round to say, what do you think about the table? So okay. you look at it. So that's, that's the, 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 the main thing. You must have a table or a figure where your reviewer, when they look at it, they're able to say, hey, this guy is talking about, based on the, on the, on the topic mm -hmm. or the title of the thing, of the table, you are able to then know what to expect from the table. Okay. So that's, that's, that's one of the important things that, okay. that we, we saw yeah. there. That's a practical tip and, and quite helpful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, and, and we'll save a lot, you know. Okay. Sometimes we are limited by the words and yeah. we want to say so much. And the other thing is not to even repeat what's on the table. Yeah. If, you've, if you've referenced the table, that's good enough. It must have the ability to attract right. and then assist you in discussing all these other, all these other things. Okay. And Excellent. of course not introducing a new thing during your discussion yes something that you've never mentioned anywhere <laughs> and all of a sudden because you saw it in the results and you want to start discussing and the recommendations mm -hmm. that the, the recommendations should be something that's modifiable right. something that's uh, that that has probably shown because like the article that we were, you we were looking at one of the recommendations was the use of a um, uh, I, uh, primary health care or contraceptions mm -hmm. outside primary health care will assist. So the question was, if you give that recommendation, have you tested it before? Right. You know, do we have a reference where you can say wherever they've done this and it has helped? Mm -hmm. So be careful of the recommendations that you put. Mm -hmm. They must be recommendations that are reliable or, or achievable yes. and applicable and even tested, right. you know. Yeah, so I think that was that was the important thing. That's and don't helpful. forget the limitations. Yes. Because every study has, has some limitations. limitations. Yeah. So you don't want the reviewer to be telling you that you had a limitation when you have not put it there. True. Yeah. Okay. Caroline, yeah, tell so us about grant writing. <laughs> <laughs> tell yeah. us. About, yeah. I think I think I enjoyed grant writing, especially after attending this one. Right. Because they were they were they they, they were actually. Uh, gelling together, okay. you know, where those uh, things that I learned from there, and it was like, wow, you know, I'm doing, I'm actually doing a revision of what I've just had today. Yeah. So that's why it was also also exciting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the fact that at least only thirty percent of the people will get the funds. I mean, it made you feel better. All the applicants <laughs> will get the fund. Then I understood when I get a no. Then what I mean, really, yeah. uh, uh, one one would understand. And yeah, I think that tip again of using the illustrations came also there from with um, from the from the grant writing. Okay. So, so yeah, um, uh, it's it's very difficult to get a grant. Don't despair. It's important to keep on applying. Keep I mean, our our, our presenter said. You know the, the the article has got more than hundred article publications, yeah. or uh, or even grants that was given because you know. But there's one article that has helped him because it has actually he has learned so much because it was refused so many times. So they always say you so learn from all. Your they are saying is those yeah. failures are not negatives. Yeah are things that you learn from. Absolutely. So learn from that point. So don't despair, don't give up, 
it's a lesson we take it from there we just pick up and try to improve on on what was given Great. and the important thing don't argue with the reviewers <laughs> that's what's Im- yes. that's what's important keep your calm yeah and don't keep, argue. keep your calm and do but yet you know the important point that he also stated is to say even if i say don't argue with the reviewers you do not have to comply to everything right. because sometimes the reviewer does not have you in mind you know mm-hmm. you probably that point is still a point but because you didn't phrase it well mm-hmm. that's why they want to crush it so right. you still have a right to say but this is what i'm talking about mm-hmm. and here's a reference if you've got it yeah. so that's 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 important and it's important to bring your point across respectfully yes. they yes. might just not be seeing it true. from your perspective true true okay so, yeah thanks so, caroline so that's what that's what i learned so awesome. far i think Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thanks Bye. for having me. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Hey, Nongs. Come over. Oh, my gosh, Ben. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And now... Can I grab you for an interview quickly? Sure. Hi, Nongs. How are you? Oh, well, and you, Ben. Good, thank you. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, so, my name is Nong Kudilego. I've recently finished my registrarship at VITS. Uh, in clinical micro um yeah and i'm here at pathway to present an abstract for my inmate that's very cool so can you tell us the title of your study it was a uh, extended characterization of escape organisms that were multi drug resistant uh we did this amongst neonates at a tertiary hospital in joburg bara So I think there might be some listeners who don't know what escape stands for can we maybe start there before before you tell us about the study awesome um so escape is an acronym that stands for enterobacter cloacae complex staphylococcus aureus klebsiella pneumoniae acinetobacter baumannii complex um enterococcus ficium and pseudomonas aeruginosa so it's a acronym that was coined um because these organisms are actually highly associated with transmissible resistance and also they've been noted to be on the rise in terms of hospital acquired infections and so there's this drive towards trying to um identify these organisms and clear them okay very cool and there was an addition to your escape right what yes, was the other there one was, it was candida auris okay yeah the hot the hot topic the hot topic yeah in mycology in mycology yeah. okay. so this organism as well is also associated with a uh, high antimicrobial resistance and it's also spreading uh, or it has the potential to spread quite uh, vastly in especially neonatal units okay cool so do you want to tell us quickly how you performed the study and what your results were okay Uh we did it in 2020 it was part of a sub study uh, of a larger study um and so where as i was collecting i had my imid in mind we uh, randomly selected eight, a total of 86 neonates on whom we co- uh, conducted uh, surveillance screening um swabs so we took swabs of the anterior nares of the skin and from the skin we swabbed the axilla the umbilicus and the rectum or the sorry the groin um and then we also did rectal swabs as well uh, we had a total of 86 neonates and then a total of 258 swabs these swabs were then transported asap to the laboratory in which we were processing placed in enrichment broth 
Uh, we then subcultured the broth following 24 hours onto both selective and differential agar. And then using uh, phenotypic or colony morphology as well as rapid uh, biochemical tests, we had uh, presumptive IDs. Um, then we confirmed the identification with Maldi-Toff. Uh, MS or Vitec 2 depending on what consumables we had. We also then confirmed susceptibility to ensure that these were multi-drug resistant organisms. And then what was unique about my studies then after describing uh, these organisms I then further characterized some of them. So I performed carbapenemase testing on the CREs or carbapenemase producing Klebsiella pneumoniae um, as well as the Acinetobacter baumannii complex and then I also further um, performed MIC, minimum inhi inhibitory concentration testing on vancomycin for the staph aureus, colistin for the A baumannii and amphotericin B and mycophangin for candida aureus. Okay, and what did you find? So unsurprisingly there was a high um, prevalence of multi-drug resistant organism colonization and this is because um, I had the anti-biogram da anti data uh, beforehand uh, which is why I selected the organisms on which I was going to conduct the extended characterization and this anti-biogram data showed that Klebs was um, uh, the second most prevalent organism followed uh, following CNSs and other contaminating organisms. So unsurprisingly, very high MDRO rate, unsurprisingly very high Klebs rate. But what I found interesting was there were actually far greater ESBLs than there were CPEs. Um, seven CPEs to a total of about 55 ESBL. Um, another interesting finding was that Abalmani, which is about 21% of organisms, was mostly extensively drug resistant, mm -hmm. so resistant to all antibiotics except two classes. Mm -hmm. um, and the carbapenemase um, mediated resistance was more common amongst Abalmani than the carbapenemase producing Enterobacterales, which hadn't been described before. Um, another thing that I found notable but also wasn't necessarily unsurprising was that there were no pseudomonas um, isolates, uh, isolated and Staph aureus and Enterococcus fecium were very low in prevalence. So what do you think going forward? Would you um, have any recommendations based on your study? Um, so in addition to then just doing the baseline prevalence, we also then looked at risk factors that um, was associated with more with colonization um, and also then this extended characterization. So looking at the risk factors associated with the prevalence and then also looking at the overall prevalence, I think it's important to continue such studies because then you get a, uh, a sense of baseline. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this data cannot be used to predict infection, but it can be used as an idea. In the and so in the right high risk unit with patients who've got um, independently determined risk factors you are then able to um, direct your, your surveillance um, programs in order to use them in the most cost-effective way in the most resource, resource efficient way so that you're not screening everyone blindly but also that you are using this colonization data efficiently Awesome. Thanks, Nongs. Enjoy the rest of the Congress. Thank you, Vern. Let me go get some lunch. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm here with Christine, um, who just won the award for the best poster in medical microbiology. Christine, can you tell me a bit about yourself? 
Hi, um, I'm a postdoctoral fellow from the Division of Medical Microbiology, Stellenbosch University and also Tigerberg Hospital. Fantastic. So, um, can you tell me a bit about what your poster was on? Um, so, we were comparing uh, the use of nanopore uh, sequencing technology um, to Illumina sequencing for gut microbiota sequencing. That's fantastic. And can you, can you give me a, a short um, main point on what your research found? Yes. Um, so, we found that uh, nanopore is comparable uh, to Illumina at at least phylum and genus level when looking at the bacterial microbiota in the gut, um, but that it's not yet reliable at species level, um, although there is um, looking forward to the new nanopore technology, which is going to be more accurate, which will hopefully resolve species level classification. Fantastic. Awesome. Hi, so I've got Professor Olga Perovic with me now. Hi, Olga. Good afternoon. <laughs> Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Right. Um, my name is Olga Perovic, and I'm a principal pathologist at uh, National Institute for Communicable Diseases, leading AMR program, and I'm also associate professor with University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg. Yes. And you were now in the uh, diagnostics, but more specifically the genomics section um, session of the microbiology track. And what was the uh, topic that you were speaking on? So my topic uh, was uh, genomics for AMR. So yeah. basically um, application and streamline how are we going to implement genomics in AMR subject, right. but that includes surveillance, outbreak investigation, transmission, public health, um, use, and rationalize actually use of genetics. So for the listeners, um, Olga, I think not all of our listeners understand the difference between genetic testing and genomic testing. And I know you did cover that in your talk, so could you give us a, like, just a little brief understanding of what the difference is? Right. So basically, we've been doing extensively uh, genes detection yeah. over the time. Uh, laboratories, uh, different laboratories, the, uh, national reference laboratories, uh, depending on um, on the size. So basically, with uh, gene detection, we uh, we multiply those small piece of genes mm -hmm. that we are interested in. So basically, we call that PCR polymerase chain reaction. And that was very successful in as far as it goes. Right. But then when we talk about genomics is more than that. Right. It's uh, more precision, more directions, and also different uh, ways how we engage right. in genomics. So number one, we can also tease out uh, those resistant genes to more specific uh, determination. We call it precision. Or we can actually get more than one genes that we need to look at mm -hmm. and also go to more details. So basically, the, with the genomics, we are using more and we are analyzing more of the genes that we are interested. And when we talk about antimicrobial resistance related to that. Right. So what are the applications then for genomics for AMR? So... That, that, that's the, the so good question because 
Um, we don't want to overdo. We don't want to use the resources for something that doesn't actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. So for that, um, there is um, the public health engagement mm -hmm. and then to, like what we are now doing at the African level, mm -hmm. to identify the special cases or use cases that will apply genomics. Okay. And I will give you example. So in African continent, we have uh, lots of uh, issue regarding certain endemicity. Mm -hmm. So one of those use cases is to investigate Salmonella typhi um, as, uh, in, with genomics to get those determinants and to look at the transmission in a continent. So that is one of the examples that uh, genomics can play a huge role. Then we are also facing uh, extremely important is the neonatal sepsis. So that is something that uh, we have uh, identified as important. So it means that uh, all those pathogens that cause sepsis, and we know in the neonatal period, um, we are looking at those hospital, but most of them, mm. uh, hospital pathogens that at the moment um, they are causing quite high mortality. So that's also part of the genomics to be involved and investigate and to do the more uh, d detail. Mm -hmm. So that is um, uh, going to be uh, one of it. Then there is also a whole lot of, um, I mentioned Salmonella taffy, but there is also a lot of organism that cause a human and uh, from the food transmission. Yes. So that now we are overarching in one health right. and that we are in joint uh, application of whole genome sequencing transmission uh, and the, with the food pathogen. Yes. Um, and uh, that's um, more or less uh, um, the, uh, one of the importance uh, at the moment uh, that uh, PGI at the African level is looking at. Okay, and you also touched on the fact that you are collaborating with other African countries on genomic surveillance as well. Can you just briefly So that? That, that communication, actually, um, we are part of the, that uh, African um, initiative mm -hmm. and uh, we try to identify the road maps which would apply to all the countries and uh, the way how we can talk the same language right. basically that's what I'm engaged in. And standardizing um, it. And standardizing it. So basically the lots of African countries got those uh, instruments um, that been in place because of the COVID. Right. Now, so instruments are there, but obviously directions are not. Mm -hmm. So basically that's what is at the moment happening, uh, to get the better direction how to and how to have a horizontal link in between those sides. Okay. All right. So that's Great. very important. Thanks for that brief summary, Olga. I hope we can invite you soon on a full episode about AMR, genomics, genetic surveillance, and all of that sometime in the future. Thank you, Windana. It was great. Thanks, Olga. Enjoy Thanks. the rest of the Congress. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. We'd love your feedback, so please let us know by email or on social media if you'd like to hear more on these topics or if you have any comments based on the clips you've just heard. So that's it. Until next time, that's it for me, Vin, and the rest of the Microbe Mail team. See you again soon with more Contagious Mail.